Oh, you're the keepers of wisdom. This is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, and coming to you from Riverside, California, podcasting since 2004, I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we read the entire Bible in a year. How are you? It's good to see you. Welcome. If this is your first time here, you might feel like you're kind of getting in on the middle of something, but not really. We've only been reading the Bible this season since September 1st, so it'll be easy to catch up. For those of you that have been here since the beginning, I'm glad to have you along. Today our reading is Job 11 and 12, and I'm calling the episode, Nothing Like a Good Friend. Are you ready to get going? Here we go. Job chapter 11. Then Zophar from Naamah replied to Job, Shouldn't someone answer this flood of words? Should a good public speaker be acquitted? Should your empty talk silence others so that you can make fun of us without any shame? You say, my teaching is morally correct, and, as you can see, I'm innocent. I only wish God would speak and open His mouth to talk to you. He would tell you the secrets of wisdom, because true wisdom is twice as great as your wisdom, and you would know that God forgets your sin. Can you discover God's hidden secrets, or are you able to find the Almighty's limits? God's wisdom is higher than heaven. What can you do? It is deeper than the depths of hell. What can you know? It is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. If God comes along and imprisons someone and then calls a court into session, who can stop him? He knows who the scoundrels are. And when he sees sin, doesn't he pay attention to it? But an empty-headed person will gain understanding when a wild donkey is born tame. If you want to set your heart right, then pray to him. If you're holding on to sin, put it far away and don't let injustice live in your tent. Then you will be able to show your face without being ashamed, and you will be secure and unafraid. Then you will forget your misery and remember it like water that has flowed downstream. Then your life will be brighter than the noonday sun. The darkness in your life will become like morning. You will feel confident because there is hope, and you will look around and rest in safety. You will lie down with no one to frighten you, and many people will try to gain your favor. But the wicked will lose their eyesight. Their escape route will be closed. Their only hope is to take their last breath. Job chapter 12 Then Job replied to his friends, You certainly are wise people, and when you die, wisdom will die. Like you, I have a mind. I'm not inferior to you. But who doesn't know these things? I am a laughingstock to my neighbors. I am one who calls on God and expects an answer. A man of integrity, a man who is righteous, has become a laughingstock. A person who has an easy life has no appreciation for misfortune. He thinks it is the fate of those who slip up. But robbers' tents are prosperous, and there is security to those who provoke God, for those whose God is their power. Instead, ask the animals and they will teach you. Ask the birds and they will tell you. Or speak with the earth and it will teach you. Even the fish will relate the story to you. What creature doesn't know that the Lord's hands made it? The life of every living creature and the spirit in every human body are in His hands. Doesn't the ear distinguish sounds and the tongue taste food? Wisdom is with the ancient one. The one who has had many days has insight. 
God has wisdom and strength. Advice and insight are His. When He tears something down, it cannot be rebuilt. When He puts someone in prison, that person cannot be freed. When He holds back the waters, there is drought. When He releases them, they flood the earth. God has power and priceless wisdom. He owns both the deceiver and the person who is deceived. He leads counselors away barefoot and makes fools out of judges. He loosens kings' belts and strips them of their pants. He leads priests away barefoot and misleads those who serve in a temple. He makes trusted advisors unable to speak and takes away the good judgment of respected leaders. He pours contempt on influential people and unbuckles the belt of the mighty. He uncovers mysteries hidden in the darkness and brings gloom into the light. He makes nations important and then destroys them. He makes nations large and leads them away. He takes away the common sense of a country's leaders and makes them stumble about in a pathless wilderness. They grope in the dark with no light, and he makes them stumble like drunks. Well, in chapter 11, Zophar has had enough of what he considers to be just a rash of wordy nonsense. In essence, he accuses Job of running off at the mouth. He asks, just because you like to hear yourself talk, are we supposed to shut up? Well, gosh, Zophar. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is I don't think Zophar should expect this reaction from Job. How about you? Zophar accuses Job of saying things he didn't say, like, my teaching is morally correct and... As you can see, I'm innocent. But neither one of those was true. Job didn't say those things. What he did say was, I am not wicked. But he also said, I have sinned. I don't know. I think that maybe Zophar misunderstood Job, in part because of Job's somewhat and understandably emotional charge that God was cruel in his treatment of him. What about you? Do you think he misunderstood Job or is he just being judgmental? From verse 7 on, Zophar's words are pretty much accurate. God is beyond understanding. God can do as he pleases. And if you confess your sin, you will be forgiven and you will find peace. And then as chapter 12 opens, Job responds to Zophar with sarcasm. Oh, you're the keepers of wisdom. When you die, wisdom will die. <laughs> At this point, I could just imagine the emotions that Job must be feeling. Physically, he's a wreck. Emotionally, he's mourning the loss of his children, most importantly, and probably to a far lesser extent, his wealth. Spiritually, I think he's confused. He can't understand why God would bring such calamities on him. And now, on top of all this, he's resentful, to say the least. Personally, I've got to hand it to Job. At least he continued to engage with them. He could have just shut them out, told them to take a hike. But he's better than that. Evidently, the friendship that he's had with these guys until now is worth trying to save, despite their insensitivity here. So, he continues the conversation. Well, in the rest of the chapter, he tells them that he's not inferior to them, and he reminds them where wisdom actually comes from, from God. From verses 13 on to the end of the chapter, Job demonstrates that Zophar's accusation that he's empty-headed is false. He talks at length about the power of God and his ability to give or take according to his own will. Of course, Job is accurate, but certainly I think his description of God seems dark and reflects his current condition. 
What do you think? How would you react to Zophar? Would you still trust God? Well, listen, we still have a long way to go before we're finished with this book. There are 42 chapters. Trust me, you'll want to hang around for the closing chapters. They're awesome, and I mean that in the true definition of awesome. I'd love to hear what you think. Agree? Disagree? Thoughts? Questions? Go to comment.lifespringmedia.com and comment there, or email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com, or comment on the show notes page for this episode. I want to hear from you. Our reading tomorrow is Isaiah chapters 29 through 33. Boost! This day in church history, October 7th, 1810, Henry Alford was born. He was an Anglican clergyman and expert in biblical languages. He published a famous edition of the Greek New Testament and wrote the hymn, Come, Ye Thankful People, Come. Now, I don't personally have a copy of Alford's Greek Testament, but listen to what Charles Spurgeon said about it. He said it's an invaluable aid to the critical study of the text of the New Testament. Well, that's high praise. I think I need to get myself a copy. And on this day in church history, October 7th, 1873, Baptist missionary Charlotte Lottie Moon arrived in China. She was born to a wealthy family, but she gave her whole life to missions and said, If I had a thousand lives, I would give them all for the women of China. If you have a prayer request, please go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com. And when you go there, put your name in and uh, give me any details you'd like me to have to pray for you. If you'd like to remain anonymous on the show, you can let me know that there as well. Prayer.lifespringmedia.com. And your support is necessary for the show to continue. Give by texting 182-921 to 1-855-575-7888. You can also give by streaming SATS with one of the cool new podcast apps you'll find at newpodcastapps.com or visit support.lifespringmedia.com for more information. Comment on the show at comment.lifespringmedia.com. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. I'm glad you were here today. It was good to spend time with you. My name is Steve Webb. Bye. Bye.